0: As we prepare to hear God's word, let's first pause to pray for um, illumination, to pause and ready our spirits to um, have an openness to hear God's word. God, you know that each of us comes in here from a different place with different concerns or things on our hearts or scurrying across our minds. Um, We're concerned about our own faults or maybe the faults of others. We're fixating on some problem or some thing that won't leave us alone in our minds. Or maybe we are distracted by some joy, um, which is a wonderful and beautiful thing. But however we come in here today, I pray that for a time we might be still. That you can allow us to uh, hear what you might have to say to us. The good news that is within this message. Of scripture, So, we pray that you might still our spirits, for we are listening. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, O Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, before Kathy comes up and um, s- reads this passage of Psalm 121, I first wanted to provide a little context for this passage. This psalm, Psalm 121, is called the Psalm of Ascent. And this one psalm is one of about 15 psalms uh, in the book of Psalms, considered a psalm of ascent. And what that means is that it was like a prayer book and a song book that the people of uh, Israel, the Jewish people, would take with them as they were making a pilgrimage up to Jerusalem, the holy city. So three times a year, God's Torah, God's law, the scriptures taught that they had to go to Jerusalem, the holy city. Um, and celebrate these festivals. um, Passover, Shechot and Sochot, I believe, are the three. Um, And so they would come from all over over the world to Jerusalem. And as they went, they would sing these psalms which oriented them to remembrance of who God was and who they were. Um, This pilgrimage was important because it uh, shaped who they were and reminded them of their identity. It's kind of like if we were as Americans to go to Washington, D.C. to remember the stories of, of, our, of our heritage as Americans. Or perhaps when we take trips to, um, to Europe or Latin America or Africa or Asia to, to remember stories of a much longer heritage. Um, that's a similar kind of thing of what was happening here. People making their way to Jerusalem. And these songs um, would teach them and ready their hearts for what they were about to do. It'd kind of be like if, uh, you know, if you're going to the Taylor Swift concert and on the way you were singing, you know, Uh, know, you're getting ready or maybe, maybe you're going to, you were going to the Marvin Gaye concert and say, ain't no mountain high, right? Um, As we're talking about mountains today, uh, you're readying yourself, preparing yourself for that moment. So they would sing these psalms and this psalm in particular, Psalm 121, is a psalm about the mountains. But not just the mountains, but the one who created the mountains. The mountains are a majestic image of strength, and it images the strength and might and majesty of our God, who is a guard and a protector, who watches over us always. So let's hear now um, Psalm 121, read by Kathy Mixon. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Our second reading is from Isaiah. And the scripture readings from Isaiah today are a tale of two mountains. Actually, I'm going to read the first scripture reading for you, but it won't be on the screens. The book of Isaiah is bookended by these stories of two mountains. The first is a vision that the prophet Isaiah has of the mountain of the Lord being established in all of the people of the world streaming up to it. It's a vision of peace, of what the world should be and what the world will be at the time when God restores all things. That's the vision of the first mountain that I'm going to read to you that won't be up on the screens from Isaiah 2. And the vision of the second mountain is God speaking— of God's promises and what God will do in the world. So here are these two beautiful passages of God's promises, of God's vision for the world. The first from Isaiah 2. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. And the second passage about a mountain comes from Isaiah 65, verses 17 through 25. This is God speaking. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth, the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth, and the one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for, their, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like that of an ox. But the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not herd or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
0: You can't go very far around here without running into the mountains. I've learned this since coming out here from Michigan. Um, in the past three and a half years, many people have asked me, "Oh, how are you finding out here? Do you like it? Is it the same?" And I give a somewhat of a similar answer, which is, uh, yeah, Michigan, you know, there are a lot of cultural similarities, especially between Detroit and out here, where I kind of grew up and, and out here. But the big difference is that instead of lakes that are like oceans, you have these mighty majestic mountains, these powerful towering figures. They're so beautiful. And like I said, you run into them and you don't even have to go very far. The Adirondacks to the north, the Catskills to the south. Mountains are all around us here. And I've heard in a number of different ways the love that many of you have for the mountains. Some love traveling up north or down south to go through them to small towns set into the mountains. And many still enjoy hikes on trails that ascend to these wonderful peaks. And uh, some of you invited me on those, and I've found out that I have a very interesting relationship with hiking. And I say this because I don't really like the the hiking part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just keep thinking about being at the top. And maybe you're like me in that. Um, I just want to be there. I just want to run up the thing and get it over with, really. Um, and then coming down, you know, it really hurts the knees. <laughs> but either way, I just want to be up top. Because um, I think that's, you know, the best part and the part uh, that's just... Worthwhile. But yet, in humility, from that vain thought, I've, I've realized um, that it's not all about the mountain peak. That's not about the top. But that each part of hiking a mountain has its importance. Because of the conversations you can have along the way with people and the things that you think about or talk about. That really can provide meaning or maybe on the descent it is really just hearing your knees creak (laughs) and um and just meditating with each step on the beauty and the wonder of nature there's so much to hiking a mountain and it and it gives me the thought um, that maybe sometimes in our spiritual life we think that it's all about this moment of getting there and this tangible moment and experience with God where everything's well and bright and beautiful because that's where God is. And everything else, we just want to like skirt by <laughs> and hope it, it passes. And I say this um, in order to, to poke at something maybe I do in my own spiritual life, of desiring these spiritual experiences without really understanding that God is with me And God is with us regardless of where we are on the mountain. Earlier, we heard a passage from Psalm 121, which was a psalm of ascent. The people literally had to walk up a mountain to get to Jerusalem. And so it made sense that that these were called psalms of ascent. And it was not only this uh, physical ascent, but it's also a spiritual ascent to God. But as the people in Scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament knew it wasn't just about getting there and about God when they reached the Temple Mount. It was the fact that it was a spiritual sojourn all the way through with God and with one another. And that's what I want to focus on today. And, And specifically for us as Christians, as we come to this house of worship today to worship God, we trust that in Christ there's been this significant event where God has become real and tangible and habitable in the flesh. And God's spirit has gone out throughout all all the world. And so we don't, it's not necessary to go to Jerusalem to make these spiritual uh, sojourns for us because God's spirit is with us present right here. And so uh, for our time, what I want to consider is how the mountain uh, can be a metaphor, um, an image, an analogy for the spiritual sojourn or perhaps a spiritual reflection of, of where we are with God sometimes, okay? And, and that life of faith and that life with God that can sometimes look like a mountain, And I just want to, to say that wherever the point is if you get nothing from this, is that wherever we are on the mountain, that God is with us, God is with you. But it begs the question: where might you, where, where might you find yourself on that spiritual mountain today? Are you on this ascent? And the ascent can look different uh, for, for wherever you might be. The ascent might be things are going well and you're growing in faith. You've, you've experienced this awakening or new understanding that's helping you to experience God. And so you really feel like things are, are moving up and ascending, so to speak. Or maybe you're at this point of, like I said, a, a spiritual awakening or curiosity where you are really curious about God. Searching for God, seeking for God, searching after God, and so your soul is attempting to make this spiritual ascent to be with God. Are you ascending? Is your spirit ascending to be with God? Or maybe you are at the mountaintop. You're experiencing some incredible richness in your life right now, in your life with God, in your walk with God. Things are so harmonious and as it should be. It feels a little bit like that passage from Isaiah 2 and Isaiah 65. You know God, and it's an intimate and, and close relationship, and you're basking in the joy and the glow of that, and perhaps um, a very harmonious relationship with others as well. Maybe you're at the mountaintop. Or are you making your way down? Are you descending? Have you experienced that, that bright, beaming, wonderful experience of God, and now you're kind of heading off of that and it's going back down into the mundane spiritual existence that we tend to always be in? <laughs> Are you heading down because of that? Or maybe you've experienced something. Some hurt or some discomfort or some question that's really unnerving you. And so you're the descent is more like running from God and running away. Or perhaps you're all the way at the bottom in a trough in the depths in some dark place that's far away from that top for some reason, beset by some malady going on in your life right now that you're experiencing, some grief, Are you in that dark valley? Or maybe, maybe as kind of charted the trajectory here, the mountain, maybe you haven't even left the car. (laughs) Maybe you're still wondering if trekking up the mountains really worth and it's worth all the effort of opening yourself to a spiritual journey and because you don't know if it'll be worth anything. And there might be questions about opening yourself to that sojourn and the invitation from God to come closer. Where are you on the mountain today? Wherever you are, know that God is with you. God's not just at the top, God is in each of those places with you today. Throughout all of scripture, mountains are an important place. In the Old Testament and the New. In the Old Testament, you have God speaking to Abraham at the mountain saying, you will be one of my own. And from you and your family, you will bless many people. It's this great mountaintop experience. There's another mountaintop experience in the book of Exodus with Moses, where God calls him and invites him to be this incredible leader to, to lead God's people out to the place of freedom. And even when Moses does leave, lead the people of Israel out into freedom from the land of slavery, God meets those people at the mountain, inviting them up to give them the Ten Commandments, to give them identity and a way of how to live. There are mountains in the prophets, the prophets that Pastor Stacy mentioned today, which capture an incredible, beautiful vision of life as it should be. And life as God desires it to be and for us to work toward as, as his community of faith. Mountains are across the Old Testament, but in the New as well. Notice in the Gospel of Matthew that in most of Jesus' important speeches, he's on a mountaintop. He ascends to this high place, imaging the way of the God in the Old Testament that has become flesh suggesting to these people who are meeting Jesus in the flesh that he is God to be with them. God is meeting them at this place, speaking to them about this vision, this beatitude of vision about the kingdom of God, where God is caring for the lowly and um, loves those who lift up the lowly. Jesus invites people to himself on the mount to feed them, to feed 5,000 people. It's a place where teaching happens, where miracles happen, Mountains are this incredible place where God meets him. And yet, scripture is also filled with these words about God being present in every place. Psalm 139 in the Old Testament says, um, That is a good uh, Psalm 139. What is Pastor Stacy? What does 139 mean? I'm like blanking right now. Um, What's that? I'm thinking of the the fact that the Spirit is everywhere, uh, even when it's left my mind. Where can I go from your Spirit? Goodness, thank you so much. I'm having a real life experience up here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> where can I go from your Spirit, and where can I flee from your presence? If I take the wings of the morning and fly to the farthest limits of the earth, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there as well. There's no place that I can go but that you are not present with me. Or how about Psalm 23, the beloved psalm that says, if I go to the pleasant pastures, if I travel through the darkest valleys, you are there leading and guiding me. Or how about our psalm for today, Psalm one twenty one, where God is mentioned as this this mountainous presence, peering over and guarding over us, guarding us spiritually in every way, so that regardless what comes, we will not be overtaken, but we will stead, stand steadfast. In the Old Testament, God is this person who's not just the mountaintop, but everywhere, and that is such in the New Testament. The one story I'm in coming, coming to mind with, hopefully I can remember this one. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Pastor Stacy, for calling you out like that. Gosh, I'm a jerk. <laughs> Ugh, grace abounds, huh? So uh, there's a moment when, when Jesus goes up to this mountain, and he takes Peter and James and John, and when they go up this mountain, he is transfigured before them, and he becomes dazzling white, more white than any white they'd ever seen. And he becomes this glorification of what he is. God unveiled face to face with them. And God says, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. It's this unveiling of God. And Peter says, oh my goodness, we should all stay here. Because this is really good and this is what we are created for. But Jesus says No have to go down the mountain. And he sets his sights toward Jerusalem, toward the city that's in turmoil, that's perhaps living and dwelling down at the bottom, away from, from God and God's ways. And he sets his sights there, and he goes down the mountain. And perhaps you know, and we know the story well, that when he goes down the mountain to Jerusalem, he walks into his city with officials that end up putting upon him a cross a cross which he then carries from down here to up another mountain to be placed on a hill, on another mountain. So that the very depths of human existence can be brought up to God. So that the cross upon which he is placed might be his throne, suggesting that wherever we are, even at the lowest places, God comes descending to us to raise us up letting us know that wherever we are, God is with us. Wherever you are today, God is with you. And God will meet you in that place, and God will deal kindly with you, with understanding and compassion for where you're at and whatever you're experiencing, whether that is seeking or joy or despair. God understands And we'll find you and comfort you. And speak good news. That is the good news of this gospel that we center ourselves around. So whenever you ask, where am I? Where am I at right now? You take stock of the spiritual sojourn of the mountain. May you also know that God is with you. And you are not alone. God is with you and kindly inviting you the knowledge of his good and gracious presence. I'll close with this. Psalm 121 is one that I've always looked at from the perspective of looking at the mountains. But yet, recently, I was, I was driving through the Berkshires, and this one crest came out, and I saw the town below. I saw the whole town there, sitting there. And I was reminded again that you can't go very far around here without running into the mountains and that the mountains are a towering presence over us that can see us wherever we're at. Wherever you are this morning, know that God is with you. Psalm 121 is a picture of of the mountains as guardians and God as the guardian of our lives and this whole world. The guardian who is greater than the mountains keeps watch over you and will guard you and will keep your soul this day and always. Let's pray. God, thank you for (laughs) laughter and humbling moments (laughs) and for uh, the fact that we can come here as our true selves, however we are, and that you speak kindly to us. And I pray that words that you have said and spoken through your Holy Spirit might take uh, root deep within the souls of each here today that they might grow and be life-giving for them and for so many. We love you because you have loved us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.